This is the EPLOG audio experience. Hello and welcome to Hit The Road. This is India's number one podcast for all you cycling and triathlon enthusiasts. My name is Rohan Thakar and it's good to be back with another exciting episode. Hi with me, one of the fastest athletes from India. She is on fire. She did uh, Ironman Copenhagen two years back and uh, she has done the debut Ironman event in India in the relay format. And I'm really excited to talk to her about all her journey and experiences, uh, what she packs in. She is a mental health ambassador a superb triathlete and yes a baker as well so there's a lot of treats in this episode <laughs> i hope you guys are excited <laughs> i have with me blossom fernandez on hit the road hi blossom welcome to the podcast hi rohan thank you for having me it's so good to have you blossom so i'm curious to know what got you into the world of triathlon uh this is a story i think i can tell in my sleep i've <laughs> i've told it so many times yeah but um so in 2016 uh, we've all heard of the pinkathon uh, run yes so my grandmom uh, was a breast cancer survivor and uh, so in her memory unfortunately she lost a battle to uh, cancer but um in her memory i decided to you know on a whim just sign up for the pinkathon event for a 5k of in the 5k category hmm. had no clue uh, what was in store for me no training no nothing you know a bunch of us women said oh pinkathon's happening let's do it and yeah, uh, yeah. so um, come race day really excited because you know you know the vibe of um, race day it's it's yes. it's really great really high and everyone's excited and so was i and um having not done any sort of physical activity since i was in um properly like properly since i was in school college i did a bit of swimming but doesn't count for much and um yeah so i said okay 5k uh, it's going to be long i will uh, run or rather jog as much as i can and i'll walk yeah. whatever it is but i'll finish the 5k and that 5k was when i when mm. i was doing it i thought it, that was the toughest that that was the toughest thing i'd ever done in my life it took me oh. <laughs> 40 minutes to finish 5k and i was like what is this like what have i signed up for you know mm. but it was it was fun and um yeah when i crossed that finish line i was like wow this is good and what's next so <laughs> that's where you know the i wouldn't call it the endurance bug but yeah you know the a race day high and the finish line feels got to me and um then i did a couple of 10k uh, runs and um, a friend had done the swimathon in goa you know the one organized right. by enduro sports so that was happening the following year and um, again on a whim not having done any proper swimming since college i said okay let's sign up for 1k and um, trained for it training myself for it but uh, yeah i finished it and again you know finishing something mm. is is you know is a great feeling and yeah. uh, then a friend very casually said listen you're running and you're swimming why don't you start cycling and maybe you can do a triathlon and i was yeah. and i i was like mm, i knew triathlon involved three sports i just didn't know anything mm. else about it so mm. i said yeah sure why not and um we borrowed a friend's uh, cycle which was really big for me and uh, and uh, you know 
the first time you sit on one of these road bikes uh, the saddle feels like uh, you're sitting on thorns and i was like what the hell is this how do people ride you know the but uh, i was i was curious and uh, eventually i bought a cycle a second hand cycle and i found out that there is uh, one of the famous triathlons in india only open water triathlon mm. at that point of time was in mysore the triathlonur Right. So I yeah I signed up for that and you know downloaded a free training plan from the internet followed it and uh, yeah I did the Olympic triathlon in 2017. Wow. And uh, yeah the rest is history. I mean I just wanted more uh, in terms of uh, distance. I just wanted to push myself and just see what was out there. that's wow. my triathlon story <laughs> that's interesting i'm i'm really curious to know more about how you uh, you know evolved in this journey from just doing a 5k in pinkathon to now preparing yourself for ultraman in canada <laughs> so how did this bug evolve for you uh, it's a very humbling experience uh, and it also teaches you so much about yourself because from thinking that 5k is so tough to now training for 84 kilometers yeah. and just just this the sound of that to some people seems so daunting but i i think i've programmed myself in such a way that 84 doesn't sound a lot it is a lot but it doesn't mm. sound a lot um it's also about how mentally strong you are so as the more races that you do the more you learn about yourself and the stronger mentally you mm. get mm. and um So that's how I was I am able to tackle the ultraman. So from thinking that 5k is tough to 10k to 1 kilometer uh, swim yeah. then the olympic and the half iron and um, yeah you know in fact when I finished the ironman um mm. in fact training for the ironman was really fun. So uh, that's the whole thing that I enjoy more than race day is um training. Right. It's something that you know you're doing for yourself day in and day out and you're getting so much out of it. You also mm. um you also lose a lot. I mean you sacrifice a lot in terms yeah. of you know a social life and your time with family and friends and all of that. But um I feel that if I don't get in at least one hour every day, I'm denying mm. myself something. And so when the whole process of training for an ironman was so much fun that on race day i had the time of my life i mean yes it mm. was tough there were a lot of challenges there were a lot of spur of the moment decisions that i had to make on race right. day right but um i thought that the ironman was the toughest thing that i did from thinking mm. that 5k <laughs> to you know yes. i said okay yes. so i kept telling myself okay blossom you know this is a trend uh, everything that you do seems to be like the toughest thing So there's obviously a lot more that you can do. Yeah. And in fact I I had told um uh my family and uh, friends I said listen the Ironman was really tough because the next day I couldn't walk, I couldn't move. <laughs> I was I was in this tremendous amount of pain and I said listen guys If I say I want to do anything else after this, <laughs> please do not encourage me. <laughs> please say no. And then and then they are like, yeah, whatever. And um, so my coach is the one actually. Um, you know, after I had fully recovered, then I said, okay, listen. You know, I'm itching again. I need to, you know, I need to start training <laughs> yes. or doing something. and uh that's when the um goa try uh, was i had also signed up for the goa half ironman 
So I had to get back to swimming after about a break of, I think I took about three, two or three weeks off after Ironman before I started swimming again. But I said, this is not enough. Like I need to know what's just just swimming 1.9K is not, uh, you know, it's not Hmm. happening. I need more. So she said, listen, um, you know, there is, uh, you could do another Ironman, you know, somewhere else. And and then I don't know how the universe works. It really works in strange ways. And um, I happened to come across Ultraman. I don't know. I really don't know how I came across it, whether it was an article or I really don't know. But Mm. uh, so then I did a bit of research and then I found out that, oh, you know, I had qualified for Ultraman because uh, to be able to do an Ultraman, um, you need to have done either an Ironman in less than 14 and a half hours or you should have been a crew or a volunteer for someone who had done an Ultraman. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was one more criteria I can't remember, but so it's it's not like you know like other races where you you pay the registration fees and you're in, you know. So you have to send the organizers an uh, email and mm-hmm. you, with your uh, race uh, timing certificate and right. and I said listen I I've qualified. I don't know too many Indian women who've done this before. Mm. I know one Indian woman who had done it before. And um, I think this would be who great for uh, her name is Anu Vaidyanathan. Okay. She's also the first sign man from India. Okay. Yeah. So I said, listen, I know she's done it. I don't know who else has done it. And um, I think this would be cool. So, you know, uh, uh, I if you would like, if you uh, agree, uh, I'd like to be a part of Ultraman Canada. And uh, I think, I, and I applied and I didn't expect, I didn't expect mm. a reply to be very honest. And mm-hmm. within a week's time, they responded and said, hey, you know, get ready to be <laughs> India's next Ultraman. And I was like, what? <laughs> that's so, amazing. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's how uh, it all evolved. Wonderful. So can you just uh, give few more uh, specifics about this Ultraman race? What is it that caught your, you know, your eye? <laughs> you, you must just do a, this. You know, just one, because, you know, Indian women are so underrepresented in this sport hmm. and uh, do not know any other Indian women who have actually done it. There is a lady from Delhi who did the Indian version of uh, Ultraman. Um, there was an Ultraman organized in uh, Delhi. So I know that she had done it, um, but that's about it. There was just two other women and I was so surprised. And why? Well, what's what's stopping us women from, Mm. you know, doing Mm. these absolutely insane endurance events? And um, that was one. Secondly, I was like, okay, I've done an Ironman. I know how bad it is, but I also know how great I feel. And uh, Mm. I mean, there's nothing that is uh, impossible if I put my mind to it and it's just a yeah. matter of training and I had um, I had a year and a half before before the Ultraman race hmm. so I told my coach listen let's give this an entire year so that's a lot of time to train and right. you know I'll be ready also the numbers kind of you know because they seem so crazy it's like i have to do it (laughs) (laughs) indeed indeed yeah so take us through your training how is it like going on right now uh so at the moment because of uh, covid and uh, travel seems a bit uh, unlikely i Mm. am pushing uh, ultraman canada to the next year to uh, yeah 
So that's happening. But when I was training for Ultraman, it was all really slow, really long days. Um, mainly what we call zone two training. That's uh, low heart rate training to right. prime you for, uh, you know, build endurance and see you go through uh, the mm-hmm. uh, entire duration of the event. Training that I had done so far was nothing challenging. It felt like I was training for Ironman and uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't too tough. So mm. my longest run before I took the decision to postpone um, uh, Ultraman, my longest run, I was also training in between for a 12-hour stadium run. Um, right. I didn't do it because I developed an injury a week before the event. But mm. my longest run was six hours. And... Um, okay. Yeah, Ultraman is is for those who don't know if you can just give the (laughs) breakdown for the Ultraman how it is. So the Ultraman the day one is a 10 kilometer swim with a 145 kilometer bike. Um, The second day is a 276 kilometers bike. And the third day is an 84 kilometer run. We finished within a 12 hour cutoff time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so the six hour training run that I did um, was, it was really slow. So uh, I did um, 52 kilometers that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I felt really good. Of course, I had an injury, but uh, apart from that, mentally, I was really good. Um, I, I recovered really well the next day, uh, no aches and pains. But um, yeah. And my longest bike, I think, um, was about five hours. So again, nothing different from what I was doing um, right. in my Ironman training. I, I, I hadn't read, yet reached the stage where I was questioning my life right. choices. Right. So. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Cool. So for someone who's you know looking at um, being a part of such a race, uh, what would you like to tell to them? Okay. Number one is it requires discipline you should realize that you are going to sacrifice a lot in terms of uh, your social life. Be prepared to give up a huge chunk of that if you have goals that you know you would like to achieve. I mean, if you're doing the triathlon for the very first time in order to just see how it is, whether this is a sport for you, whether uh, you, you, know, you want to see what the hype about it is, okay, fine. I mean, then, yes, mm. uh, there are not too many changes that you need to make in your life. But you have to have the discipline to train for it. A triathlon is not something that you can sign up for and just show up on race day. There are three mm. sports involved. You're using uh, different muscles for each sport. Um, you need to uh, be very strict about your nutrition. You need to get in a lot of sleep. Uh, you need to be also training smart, not excessively and not right. too little. So mm. uh, these three things, you know, your training, your nutrition and your recovery. So it requires a lot of discipline. So one is mm. be disciplined. Two is be ready to make a few sacrifices. And yeah. this sport makes you mentally strong, like any endurance sports. So there will be hard days. Just make sure that, you know, you don't give up on those hard days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... Cool. <laughs> but, but, the, but, but one of the things is this sport is fun. Like, um, I remember training for the marathon, for the Tata Mumbai marathon. And I mm, found mm. it so boring. I found it extremely <laughs> boring because uh, all I was doing was running. Yeah. And uh, when you're a triathlete and you're used to training for three sports, uh, I mean, I was also swimming mm. and cycling at that time, but it wasn't right. 
um equally distributed i was correct, running correct. more than hmm. the other two and then on race day um doing that marathon just by itself was yeah i mean no um no disrespect or i don't mean any <laughs> offense to people who are runners but as yeah. a triathlete i found that just running the marathon was really boring <laughs> so, it has to be because before that you were swimming for 4.2 kilometers and after that you were riding for 180 kilometers <laughs> yeah 3.8 kilometers swim yeah sorry 3.8 but, but you know i mean i mean you're really fresh as a daisy on yes. you know at the start of the race and Uh, I mean, running a marathon is tough. Don't get me wrong; it's it's not easy. It's a different ball game, yes. you know. But uh, yeah, I, I found that there was something missing. <laughs> <laughs> there were these two sports missing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, uh, as we are talking about building a mental strength, you are a mental health am- ambassador. So, tell us something about it. What do you think about mental health and <laughs> uh it's important in sport or sports uh being a part of any sport does it help in your mental health so uh the one of the reasons uh i did this mental health uh, course on um, udemy which certifies me as a mental health ambassador but i am not somebody who uh, can give any uh, technical or medical advice of course in today's day and age right there you always have people struggling with mental health and as mm. an athlete uh, mental being you know mentally healthy is so important but you know with our kind of lifestyle and the challenges that we face every day and the way the world is evolving anxiety mm. stress um are two very big things that you know lead to more complex mental health issues like depression and hmm. and unaddressed anxiety uh, is is a very dangerous thing i as an athlete have suffered from anxiety but it's something that i have learned to uh, address and uh, hmm. cope with hmm. and i have a couple of friends who have had issues with um, you know depression and um, these are the mental health signs issues yes. so the reason i did this course was to understand what it is that somebody who is suffering from a mental health issue is going through and how i as an individual can recognize the signs of hmm. uh, uh, ailing mental health and how i can help them so this right. course that i did was to be able to signpost them to tell them like listen you know i see that yeah. you suffering from you're suffering from anxiety or you are displaying signs of depression and you need to seek help i'm here for you i'm here to listen to you but you need to seek help so there are a lot mm. of people who will brush aside depression right yeah, they will say yeah. like uh oh it's okay you know these things happen or why you know they use the word de- depression very loosely very loosely people yes. don't yeah people don't understand the gravity of that word mm. and somebody who is suffering from depression they don't really want you to tell them that mm. uh, you know you'll get over it or it's okay and mm. most of the time they don't even want you to tell them that you know you need help they actually yeah. need to be taken there right you know dragged to that denial uh, somebody yeah denial shame a lot of uh, stigma mm. involved with depression right so that's the reason why i um why i did this course and why uh why i wanted to be able to help my friends and family if they display dis- sorry displayed signs of uh, failing mental health mm mm-hmm. 
and as an athlete um like i said before you know it is so important to be mentally strong and it's not something that you can develop overnight you may be mentally strong till you hit a day where you know you see you feel like you know you just don't want to get out of bed because you're so sick and tired of training every day and you know mm. you watch everybody else having a good time and you know uh, sleeping late uh, partying late eating what they want you know traveling when they want but you have this very disciplined lifestyle and you're questioning why mm. you should be doing all these things and that's when being mentally strong comes into play i mean you wake mm. up every day it's 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 a routine so yeah also when you have a really tough training session and just before you can even start doing your training session and you think oh my god there's no way i'm going to be able to do that but yeah. when you push yourself and you put yourself in the middle of that training session and and you come out on the other side having done that that's mm. you know it's 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 a feeling like it's such a good feeling like none other absolutely so you know and so that, that's why also i, I know that uh, i keep pushing myself to do mm. things that seem so tough and so hard because there's so much learning you learn about yourself as an individual right so and and also on the tough days in training when you face uh, challenges on race day where you have to take these spur of the moment decisions you're not going to give up you're going to mm. find alternatives or ways to you know right. circ- you're going to circumvent around those challenges and mm. you know move forward so mm. yeah but it prepares you for race day and also in your uh, daily life you know um i've seen uh, personally and i've seen i know friends who've been able to um you know accept challenges and deal with uh, very bad outcomes in their personal life they've been able to handle it and cope better than somebody who has not been exposed so much mm. to you know mentally trying situations right right absolutely yeah, yeah. so blossom uh, talking about uh, you know training commitment giving time to you know uh, being away from social life do you think triathlon is a lonely sport oh it most definitely is <laughs> <laughs> it, it it is and it isn't actually cuz um, you have a you, you have a triathlon community that most yeah. people connect with during the weekends cuz you know everybody's working during the week so mm. weekends are usually reserved for group runs and group rides Right. But uh it is a lonely sport in terms of uh, one is not too many people are doing it. Mm. So you have to be really good at networking to find people who are yeah. uh you know triathletes uh, in your uh, mm. city and yeah. around. And two is uh I think it's very important to be comfortable training alone. Mm. Because because come race day uh even though an ironman has about 3500 or 4000 um, participants mm. at the end of the day you know you just zone out everybody else right. and it's just you so right. unless you are comfortable being by yourself comfortable with your own thoughts and uh, you know mm. le- knowing everything about yourself um you know you're going to find it really tough so yeah. you know reserve the group rides and runs for the weekends <laughs> Right, don't right. Uh, you know yeah be uh, be able to train alone but mm. yeah i mean I, i think if you ask every triathlete there everyone is very comfortable by themselves too right right yeah i i i guess they should be because it's a 14 15 hour long race and barely you will find someone crossing each other so you are yeah. at the end of the day you are racing alone 
Yeah, I mean, um, you know, on the bike, like if you're doing a social ride or mm. if you're doing a training outdoor ride, you'll pass fellow cyclists and you'll give them the thumbs up yes, or you'll yes. say hi. For race day, nobody cares, right? Everybody's <laughs> out there, you know, right. uh, you know, Absolutely. pushing time, gunning for that PB or whatever it is, yes, you know. Yes, and, yes, And on, on the run too, uh, most Ironmans are, uh, you know, three or four loops of the run course. So right. you will see the same runners, but really nobody's <laughs> you know, saying everybody, yeah. everybody's yeah. in a world of pain of their own. And, correct, um, correct. I mean, you will find people encouraging each other and, you know, yes. saying, come on, you've got this and things like mm. that. But uh, at the end of the day, it's just uh, you by yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, Blossom, it's uh, you're in Bangalore, right? I am. And uh, Bangalore has got a pretty good uh, triathlon and cycling community. So, how has it helped you? <laughs> um. I am not very um, social with the triathlon community because for the only reason is because um, when I became a triathlete, I was a flight attendant at that time. Right. So my hours were really crazy. And mm. uh, while most people would meet up to, uh, you know, do their group rides and runs on the weekends, I was always out of the state, out of the country. Mm. Mm. So in that way, uh, you know, I never really connected with a okay. lot of people, but I know, I know, I know practically every triathlete in right. Bangalore, we connect <laughs> on social media, we yeah. connect on WhatsApp and things like that, but it's just so difficult to actually, uh, you know, take the time out to meet each right. other and get together right. yeah. because everybody at the end of the day wants to get home by eight o'clock in the night and go to sleep and wake up <laughs> next morning to train. <laughs> right. right, right. I got yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we see each other probably on race days and, uh, you know stuff like that <laughs> hmm, hmm, hmm. right so are you tr currently training for anything do you are you looking at now that ultraman is not there in the picture uh, are you working on something else um i'm going to keep my goals a little secret <laughs> a little bit sure. secret but 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 no i don't have any um nothing unusual i'm just really training to uh, get better at uh, yeah. all three sports because there is a lot of room for improvement working on my weaknesses uh, focusing a lot on uh, strength training um, right. since travel is not opening up uh, there are not um, I like to do long distance triathlons I'm not too keen on doing Olympic distance triathlons mm. so mm. I don't see any of those happening uh, in the country there was one that just happened in yeah. uh, Orissa uh, right. the Herculean try but um, I didn't I didn't do that one uh, I think I'm going to do a couple of cycling um, events because wow. um, I, I did I did one in uh, November, which I won. And Wonderful. after having done that, yeah, after having done that, I was like, OK, this is fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, yeah, maybe, now also um, Blossom the cyclist. <laughs> no, no, no. I am Blossom the triathlete. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Blossom the triathlete who does a couple of cycling and running events. <laughs> got got yeah, it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So you're also Blossom the baker. <laughs> I am. I am. So how do you keep a balance? Like uh, I just told you before the recording that my brother also cooks and bakes and it's something very hard to resist. So do you do something like you're so fit and you're also baking something. So how? what's the ingredient in that? <laughs> Oh, um, so uh, 
everyone in bangalore knows me i used to run a home bakery called the cakery which was oh. a spin on um my flying and you know baking mm-hmm. so uh when i was running the cakery uh, in a big way alongside flying i used to bake very very indulgent cakes and uh you know preserves with alcohol and i mean <laughs> it's <laughs> it was really good stuff but then i realized that as a triathlete it's not a lifestyle that i can sustain mm, and mm. i mean i i love eating that stuff still but um i have to yeah. be wise about it and so then i realized that you know um when i wanted something that was healthy that didn't contain processed uh food you know ingredients rather i didn't want refined sugar the white sugar mm. the white flour it was it's it's really hard to come by there are people mm. doing it but um i didn't like the taste of it i didn't for me i'm somebody who eats with my eyes first so it has mm. to be really visually appealing and I so can see that's this. what i found <laughs> yeah exactly right so, i mean you see it you want to eat it on the screen so that's 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 how you know i function and mm. so i said i really i i've tried a lot of people's um, food it's it's good don't get me wrong but like i said my eyes were not happy so um so then i started experimenting and uh, i really enjoyed uh, i really enjoy uh, creating and coming up with different uh, desserts and cakes so i'm still technically baking but i'm baking very healthy stuff so it's mostly gluten free because um, mm-hmm. i realized that when i eat gluten i end up being bloated uh, refined sugar uh, re- you know is really not good for you so yeah. i use alternative sugar it's um, it's not 100% healthy but it is it is much better than refined sugar so yeah. i try and use mm. uh, jaggery or coconut mm. sugar those mm. healthy ingredients and um, also um i am not a vegan but i do eat predominantly that way and mm-hmm. so i try to keep my desserts and uh, whatever i make also uh, plant based as much as possible because again i've seen the effects of that on my recovery so mm-hmm. yeah so i'm and i'm somebody who if if there's something that i'm passionate about i don't want to make money out of it uh, that that's not something that drives me so yeah. i want to make what i eat i want to be able to sell what i will also eat right. so that's right. that's the ethos behind what i do so yeah that's awesome so can you <laughs> give us some treats that you can suggest that we can uh, make it at home that can be healthy and powerful on the run or ride oh, so one of the things that uh, is really quick and very very simple with very uh, basic ingredients is are these energy balls hmm. uh they call energy balls because they really pack a punch they can you know, all you need is uh, dates uh any nuts whatever hmm. you'd like almonds cashew nuts uh, walnuts uh some cocoa powder and hmm. uh, oats so you blitz that all you you know in a regular blender just uh, hmm. make it into a little paste roll it into balls put it in the fridge and uh, if you are taking it out on the run or the ride so you may want to just wrap it up in a little bit of uh, cling film or uh, aluminum foil and put it yeah. in your bag and every 40 minutes if you are on the bike then say one and hour you know mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of energy it's calories oh. but um, it it also tastes good right i mean Absolutely. you don't want to be eating something that's that's dry that's you know irritating mm. your throat that you have to wash down with water so mm. this is really easy 
you know digests really fast and gives you your little burst of energy and on the run as well um on the run ideally you don't really uh, need something you don't really need to eat anything right. for the say first 90 minutes but yeah, uh, yeah this this is also an option and a lot of people are actually doing this because people want to stay off gels and uh, you know these highly processed uh, okay. supplements hmm. so this is a very good alternative and also when you're having a, you know that sweet craving in the middle of the day or night mm. this is a good yeah, alternative it's definitely helpful <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's sugar free at the end of the day awesome so it brings me to my next question uh, during race day how do you uh, you know what's your race day ritual or is there something like that for you or what goes in your mind before that so once i've signed, decided once i've signed up for a race i do a lot of self talk and visualization so uh, i really believe that uh, what you throw out into the universe is what you get back mm. and uh, i talk to myself a lot and uh, that is why i'm actually i mean this may sound uh, it may not sound nice but i'm really happy that we wear masks uh, these days because i do a lot of self talk i think the day we have to stop wearing masks i'm going to have a tough time not talking to myself in public but <laughs> but uh, yes it's very important to um, talk to yourself and uh, because it's 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 a it's a self affirmation you know mm. it's it's uh, you telling yourself what your goals are what you mm. want to achieve but you mm. have to be very positive about it if you want if you want something you have to be uh, you, you have to say it in a way that you actually believe in it right and then closer closer to my race day uh, say about 3 weeks to a month before the race i actually visualize everything that i am going to do on race day so right from the moment i wake up to you know literally to brushing my teeth having my breakfast going hmm. to the uh, race venue and then as the day progresses everything because on race day my brain is my brain should not be taxed right yeah. it has to move function in you know it has to be in auto mode so that's that's what i have been doing and that's what works really well for me so you you take away the stressful i mean you know you you're not really um wasting too much time thinking about oh what next you know when you come out yeah. of the swim and you're into transition one oh now i need to put on my gloves oh i need now, now i need to put on my shoes no your brain right. already has this pre programmed and you know you realize you just function in this way where mm. it all it's all smooth flowing so when you are faced with something that like say what happened to me at ironman copenhagen right So one of the very big mistakes that I made was uh, I never trained with calf sleeves on the run okay. and mm. for some stupid reason I said oh you know my legs are going to be really tired after the bike so I should wear these calf sleeves mm. on the mm. run and and then th- that's when I was faced with this really bad pain in my calf and and so now this is something that my brain had not prepared for so right. you know but i was able to focus all my energy and my thinking on okay mm. what's my next course of action because everything else was already programmed mm. i was already mm. functioning in a certain mm. way so yeah you know you're able to think clearly when you are faced with the adversity or a challenging situation when you already have everything else mm. thought of so yeah right right uh any race day nutrition tip that you would like to like how do you plan your eating breaks or drinking breaks race day is a very last thing that you should be uh, the last day that you should be experimenting with your nutrition yeah. on uh, everything has to be done in training and not mm. not a week or two before training if you've signed course. up for a race 
if you signed up for a race you're not only training your body to complete the distance in terms of uh, you know swimming cycling and running but also your body is being trained to digest your yeah. uh, you know all those carbs and uh, you know all those gels and the electrolytes that you're taking so experiment well in advance on uh, during your training so that on race day your body knows exactly when it's going to get that nutrition and your body knows exactly what it's supposed to do with that the the carbs that it, you're giving it and you know how it's going to replace all yeah. that sweat that you're losing with the electrolytes that you're drinking hmm. you know your body yeah. is also primed for race yeah. day it's a training so uh, something for stomach yeah right. it is it is yeah so something that i do uh, that works for me i mean everybody has their own uh, you know nutrition and hydration plan but what works for me on the bike and the run is i uh, every 20 minutes i drink electrolytes and every 40 minutes i have a carb source so it's been mm. gels for uh, i mean i usually take gels mm. but yeah that has seen me through many many races of course when you go uh, longer in terms of when you do an ultraman you can't be consuming gels for 3 days in a row so mm. i was also training with whole food so um mm. that was something that i was experimenting with like um, salted potatoes energy balls uh, oranges right. bananas mm. things like that mm. so yeah got it yeah great so you mentioned about uh, not experimenting with carbs leaves before uh, any other moments like this that you know it can be a bummer but it taught you a lot mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so when I was training for Ironman, uh I avoided training outdoors in the rain. I hate the rain. Mm. Uh I hate it with all my heart. And uh on race day, my entire run was in pouring rain. <laughs> so I think I think it was the universe's way of, you know, kind of telling me that listen, I mean, mm. <laughs> I have an analogy for it, but I can't say it out loud, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was one another thing which uh, which just goes to show how important it is to visualize so when i um was finishing my bike and i was visualizing what i would be doing in my transition to from bike to run yeah um one of the things that i missed out and i didn't know i missed out till i uh, actually started the run so um while on the run i had a, a hydration pack uh, hmm. strapped on to me and it my watch i had an alert on my watch for when to drink water and when to drink electrolytes okay. and mm-hmm. and the alert went off saying drink uh, electrolytes and i uh, you know slipped on my you know i pulled out the straw for my hydration pack and realized i'm tasting water so one oh. of the things that i forgot to visualize was putting mm. in the electrolyte tablets into the hydration pack hydration bag i had it yeah i had it with me but one of the steps was put it in right, right. and i and i remember that i had not visualized that one step mm. and mm. so then you know i kind of had to stop remove the hydration pack empty in the um yeah. tabs so now in that you know i got flustered because one i was dealing right. with this calf pain and now oh my gosh i had forgotten something else so in that rush of you know oh i'm missing out on time i'm losing time i didn't close the the hydration pack uh, bladder oh. properly and so the minute i strapped on the hydration pack the in- entire contents came spilling out oh like my. completely 
and i had trained with that nutrition which was fast which is fast enough because yeah. uh, that's what's available in india i did not want to Correct. use anything that was available on the coast because i had not hmm. trained with it but hmm. i was left with no choice um, fortunately my gut held up and uh, hmm. all went well right got it so folks be prepared for anything that comes in the way <laughs> yeah you know this 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 teaches you to adapt so well in life as yeah. well when you're faced with uh, you know you're able to think on your feet and uh, mm. not not uh, get uh, too stressed out about right. you know situations yeah absolutely as we come to the closure uh, there are few more questions which are left uh, just a few <laughs> but, okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> usually when we are riding like we, you mentioned it's a lonely process of training uh we are riding alone of course with men it is uh, sa- for everyone safety is a big issue for men it is there but for women it is much more uh what do you think about that it is one of the most um, discouraging um, you know things for a female um, yeah. one is as a regular woman you know you're always on guard Uh, yeah. you know you've always got your eyes and ears open for you mm. know what's around you you're very well aware of your surroundings as an athlete uh, you know it becomes even more challenging because unlike the guys who are able to go out when it's dark you know i mean we uh, we all have jobs and you know some of us have to get to work at 9 or 10 in the morning which means you've got to start training at sometimes 4:35 in the morning so the guys can do it i'm not saying that it's safe for them it is it is dangerous for them as well but but um chances of them you know something happening to a guy are much lower than if mm. somebody sees a lone woman you know yeah. out at in the dark at 4:30 in the morning running or cycling you know it's it's first of all it's your family is going to have an issue with that they're, yeah. they're going to say like listen if if you're going to have to train in the dark you you better stop training fortunately yeah. my family is extremely supportive and uh i've never had that issue but there are people mm. like that because one is you're compromising on family time and you're training for three sports yeah, yeah. then you have this other issue but i feel uh, no. this is this one reason is enough to negate all the others like yes. it, this one reason can stop you from even getting into uh, the sport yeah yeah true and um, you know one is uh the cases of cyclists being mugged of mm. on the rise especially in a city like bangalore uh every other week you hear of you know a mugging attempt mm. and and the problem is these guys are so fast it's very hard to catch them mm. i mean even if you go and make a police complaint then you have the prob- problem of following up on it right. and you know that's a discouraging thing then um as a woman uh if you want to go out on a run right i mean in the height of summer You mm. want to wear shorts and run. You want to be comfortable. You want to start your run early, but then you've got to think about, oh, what if somebody tries to attack me or molest me? You know, mm. how well equipped am I going to be? And you know, that that that's the problem. So I have um, oh, what's it called? Oh, like a stun gun or what's it called? Um, Acha, you got that. Yeah, twenty-five thousand volts. Yeah, stun gun. I, I have that. Yeah, mm. uh, it's called something else, but but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I got. Yeah yeah so I carry that with me when I'm cycling alone cuz one I mean safety you people are going to try and mug you mm. you have to be so careful they want your right. phone they know that the cycles are expensive and they see a single mm. woman out yeah. there with nobody around so 
it's um, you know it's it's you have to protect yourself you can't there will you know most of the time i try to plan my rides with friends but i mean it's mm. not always everybody has their own life yeah. and it's not every it's not day that possible. somebody's mm. yeah i mean uh, not everyone's not crazy like me to do you know four and five hour <laughs> bike rides and yeah. i don't expect it from them so mm. i also need to be um, you know i need to equip myself and be safe myself so yeah mm. that that's the thing and also um, you know people are not very uh, conscious about cyclists uh, you know they they take us for granted uh, they don't give us give us the space way. on the mm. roads mm. yeah so i have got knocked down by by a very careless uh, yeah. motorbike rider mm. and uh, you know on an absolutely empty road when there was no traffic just the two of us and he knocked me down from behind was because he was busy talking to his pillion rider and he was distracted hmm. so i mean you, you know it doesn't even have to be a road that's full yeah. of traffic yeah. it, it yeah. will happen on an empty road because people are so careless hmm. so you always have to watch your back you have to be i mean despite being highly <laughs> visible and having all your lights flashing and everything things can happen so yeah i mean we take it in our stride but uh, it is it is uh, it is something yeah. that is uh, hmm. a concern definitely something that you some pointers that you can give for women to encourage getting out and uh, hitting their goals uh one is if you are new to the sport uh, do it with uh, somebody who is experienced so that you can learn from that person uh have company it's uh, it's very important to have company in the beginning because like you said uh, it is a lonely sport eventually you will get uh, used to being alone but start off with uh, mm. with company connect use social media as a ve- i mean social media is a very good tool to connect with people uh, you know connect with female athletes everybody out there has been through what you know everybody mm. started somewhere so you know you will learn a lot from us Uh, everybody is out there to help you you will find people who are a bit negative but you can always ignore those but yeah. at the end of the day you know women want to see women doing better so yeah. you know when i have uh, other uh, female athletes you know connect with me and say my story is so inspiring and you know they look forward to my posts or they're motivated by what i say i always i always tell them where i started from and you know there's nothing stopping them from being where i am So and and to all the other female athletes out there encourage more women to get out and do the sport i mean we have our difficulties we have our issues but we all you know we find ways to work around it mm. we are women at the end of the day <laughs> yeah. so yeah absolutely <laughs> so there was a very interesting question that we discussed before the recording uh yeah was <laughs> uh, <laughs> that okay yeah <laughs> so is there an, a different way that women train or especially during <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. menstrual periods uh, any specific uh, tips that you would like to give for uh, people who are just starting out uh, in training um no do not expect to be treated any differently from your male counterparts you will because the race is the same the timings are the same there is no discount for you being a woman just cuz you have a period your period and uh, a man doesn't doesn't make you any different yes the, there are challenges uh, around uh, because you go through a menstrual cycle but uh, there's a lot of knowledge that uh, is out i mean a lot of information out there 
surrounding uh, menstrual cycle and sport yeah okay as a female athlete you have your menstrual cycle is uh, divided into various phases read up on what phase is what phase is you are the strongest and what phase is you know when your body is in that phase when's it okay to say yeah. okay maybe i don't need to train today so don't 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 say i can't train because i'm on my period no you are the strongest when you are on your period mm. get out there and you know hit those numbers and don't don't treat yourself any differently from the men yeah we we yeah we deserve our space just as much as you guys <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same species yeah exactly just just different anatomy that's all and so what okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool so as we are coming to the close we have this special segment called sprint to the finish where you have to quickly oh my goodness us. i so bad at these <laughs> ah it's okay you can so your most memorable race and why oh it has to uh it has to be ironman copenhagen because uh, it was the longest distance i've done and um yeah it was it was fun yes it is the most i've challenged my body so far so yes that one the most frustrating moment um i would say ironman goa the swim hmm uh i hated every bit of it why is that because because i found that i was walking more than i was swimming and for me i'm a very, i'm out of the three uh, sports uh, swimming is my strongest and so uh, that okay. was extremely frustrating yeah hmm hmm the water there were certain sections where the water wasn't deep enough to swim so okay. that was frustrating hmm hmm yeah. your go to snack on the road on the road hmm uh, you mean what i carry with me beforehand yeah. or if i have to stop for do i Uh, both, oh no i don't uh, i don't have a snack <laughs> i would say when i come back home after a really long training uh, my i really really crave uh, this will be surprising to a lot of people but i really crave a glass of cold pepsi or coke or whatever <laughs> <laughs> so i allow myself that cuz yeah that's that's something i yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> then the last question uh, which i ask everyone is yeah. why do you hit the road what is your why for getting out i would say why not <laughs> the roads are out there and uh, that's that's where you learn so much and you experience so much uh, yes the <laughs> the weather and the pollution is not the best but yeah why not what's there's nothing that can stop you if you put your mind to it so just make the most of it amazing and thank you so much blossom for being such a sport and taking out your time it was a pleasure having Thanks. you and i hope all the listeners uh, took some great inspiration from your story and some points that you shared with us today and uh, yes listeners that's it for this episode if you have enjoyed make sure you comment uh, what you thought about it if there is anything for blossom you would like to ask make sure you do it in the comments or you can directly dm her uh, the link will be in the description of course and uh, yeah if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast what are you waiting for we are there everywhere on eblog media website or your preferred podcast streaming apps my name is rohan takar and this is hit the road i'll be back with some more episodes next week till then goodbye